0: Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, we had not one but two brand new episodes for you. The first was a very special Juneteenth episode featuring the incomparable Sharon Manker. Sharon is an award-winning supply chain supplier diversity and inclusion strategist author, board director, keynote speaker, and advocate, the perfect guest to celebrate the community on this important holiday. Sharon told us all about her career so far, her experiences of education and community as a woman of color, her advice around supplier diversity, and she talked all about being unapologetic in her mission to advocate for change. It was truly an inspirational episode. The second new episode we brought to you last week was episode 33 of Blended, and we talked about surgery and recovery. Now, this is a subject that is very close to my heart. If you follow me on social media, especially Instagram, you'll see I've been very open about my journey with lipedema. I've had two surgeries in the last year or so, and my experience really got me thinking about what people go through behind closed doors and how difficult it can be to recover and prioritize health when work is such a big part of our lives. So the panel and I shared our experiences, their impact on mental and physical health. And we really explored recovery when it comes to the workplace, the process of returning to work, supporting people as leaders and colleagues, and creating safe spaces that allow people to be honest and authentic in their recovery. There were some really valuable insights in there that everyone should take note of. So if you want to catch up, you can find these episodes over at letstalksupplychain.com, on our YouTube channel, or anywhere else that you subscribe to the show. Woman in Supply Chain was episode 344 and Blended was episode 345. When you're looking for cutting edge resources on innovation and trends across supply chain, where do you go? What about when you're on a mission to find like-minded professionals and cultivate relationships that go beyond an emoji reaction? And what about when you're trying to generate leads, build campaigns, and get ahead of the game in the unique world of supply chain marketing? Supply Chain has been missing a single collaborative hub that brings people and ideas together in an environment that is safe yet stimulating for everyone, until now. Just one platform that's as dynamic and innovative as you are. Welcome to the Secret Society of Supply Chain, a private network for the supply chain community. An industry first brought to you by supply chain media entrepreneur Sarah Barnes Humphrey. The Secret Society of Supply Chain brings professionals of all backgrounds and experience levels together in the industry's largest dynamic network focusing on industry learning and career development as well as networking and community the secret society of supply chain hosts all the content connection and creativity you need for supply chain success But which group is for you? Well, head over to letstalksupplychain.com, find the Secret of Society banner, and take the quiz and join our waitlist. There are limited number of spots available, so make sure to get on that waitlist so that you are one of the first into the Secret Society of Supply Chain. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. Before we dive in, I'm going to ask you a question. How many countries are licensed to use the software developed by today's guests? Any idea? Well, let us know what you think over on social media and keep listening because all will be revealed at the end of the show. So today, I'm joined by one of the best known tech brands in the industry. More than 18,000 logistics organizations use their software solutions including 24 of the top 25 global freight forwarders and 43 of the top 50 global 3PLs. They are a force to be reckoned with. But who are they? Well, I'll reveal all after the poll of the week. So the question we asked you, salespeople, do you really understand what your marketing team does and how they can support you? 53% of you said yes. 44% of you said no. 3% said others share your opinion, but you didn't share your opinion. So I'm not entirely sure what your opinion was on that. This is really interesting because when I talk about collaboration being the future of business, when I talk about collaboration between internal teams, it is really important that communication is in the Center of that. And this poll just goes to show I mean, we're kind of half and half. Yes, some people know. No, some people don't. But I think the most important part of this or the bigger question is, do you understand how they can support you and um, what they bring to the table to ensure that you can be successful in sales? So thank you so much to everybody who weighed in on the question of the week. You know that we ask a question every single Wednesday morning. So check it that out on Let's Talk Supply Chain LinkedIn and Instagram. So now back to today's episode and which market-leading software brand is joining me today? Well, it's WiseTech Global. WiseTech are a leading developer and provider of software solutions to the logistics industry. Their global team of nearly 2,000 people is united in a mission to create breakthrough products that enable and empower those that own and operate the supply chains of the world. And it's Richard White, founder and CEO of WiseTech, that is joining me today. The very first business Richard founded was rock repairs, providing musical instrument repairs and setups for artists from ACDC to Carlos Santana. But when Richard found Wisetech in 1994, Everything changed, and he is now the head of a $21 billion logistics tech company. What a crazy journey. So today, Richard will be telling me all about that journey, about using real-time data visibility to bring your workforce together, accelerating growth through acquisition, and his vision for empowering the worlds of supply chain. So welcome to the show, Richard.
1: Well, thank you, Sarah. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: I am so happy to have you here. I've wanted to get you on the show for a very, very long time. I mean, WiseTech is a powerhouse brand in the industry, and the listeners are going to be so excited to get the inside scoop direct from you. And I, So I cannot wait, and let's just dive in. Let's start with a bit of an introduction. For anyone that's been living in a cave, who is WiseTech? What do you do, and how do you help your customers?
1: Wisetech is a very strongly product-led uh, global logistics execution software provider. <laughs> we have a, a vision to be the operating system for global logistics, and we're obviously executing on that vision. Um our main product is a product called CargoWise One. Uh, that's very powerful and it's got a big ecosystem that spans freight forwarding customs, warehousing, visibility, e-commerce, transport, and cross-border compliance. And we're we're putting an enormous amount of effort and a lot of money and time into making this that uh, operating system for global logistics, if you will. We have about 18,000 customers across the world uh, in 173 countries. So We have 43 of the top 50 logistics providers as customers. We have 24 of the top 25 for, for global freight forwarders as customers. And, of course, we're working on solving really deep problems that are, many other people see as the way the world is, We see many of those things as problems that need to be solved.
0: Well, congratulations. I mean, it's so impressive. And like you said, you work with 43 of the top 50 global 3PLs and 24 of the 25 largest global freight forwarders. And I've been in logistics for a very long time. I worked for a freight forwarding company. And so I've known about WiseTech and CargoWise for quite a number of years out of my 25-year career. And so I think uh, it was Gene that said that you are are the longest running overnight success right <laughs> yes. but let's let's talk about your customers so are you enterprise only or can you help smaller organizations like talk to us about who your ideal client is
1: look we try to be all things to the industry uh, we are obviously talking b2b uh and uh, the reason we have a very strong uh natural success and focus on the very largest is because uh, of a, a sort of a network effect. The, the, the larger that you are as a business, the more nodes you have on the map of the world, the more efficient the system becomes.
2: Mm. And
1: so for better or worse, if you're a small freight forwarder in a single city, you'll get advantages from our software, but those advantages multiply massively when you have a network effect that creates cross-border automations and visibility on a worldwide basis. And so it's just natural. And I think it's also true that the industry has probably for the first time since its early inceptions, it's actually started to see the network effects of the industry actually making a huge difference to the world. And being able to lower the cost of global logistics is a key part of what we're doing. Also being able to make, you know, lower you uh, uh, reduce carbon in the supply chain. All those things require massive scale in order yeah. to squeeze down those things that are inefficiencies,
0: at yeah. least large. Yeah, and I've seen it firsthand, um, obviously working for a freight forwarder, knowing everything that's involved – and with the focus now on sustainability, that's really something that the customer's customer is looking for, but also the forwarder's customers are looking for as well. Right. So, we talked about you being the longest running overnight success. You started the company back in 1994. And I know we don't have time to go through nearly 30 years of history, but why don't you give us an overview? What was your vision for the company back then? And has that vision changed, which I'm sure it has? And how has it led you to where you are right now
1: wow that's that's gonna i'm gonna do a summary but i'll try to do some (laughs) details in there first of all my father was an engineer my grandfather who i lived in the same uh, premises as was an entrepreneur my grandmother was an operational uh, officer did a lot of really impressive things like saw all this my mother was very salesy so i had great uh, great leadership in, in in my Young youth, and I started working in my family's business at the age of twelve. So I had a lot of early things. <clears throat> my mid, middle of high school, I decided to become a guitarist in a rock band. I love and it. That's not. I'm not going to talk about that much. I did a lot of work, and I, I played on stage with you know people like AC/DC and Midnight Oil and various others. Wow. And I realised that I'm, I sort of describe myself as an economic refugee from the music industry because you don't make a lot of money as a musician unless you're really, really, really successful, mm-hmm. particularly in Australia. I, um, I am kind of uh, a, a creative but also a very structured engineer and commercially savvy in that sort of space. So that's a really interesting group of talents. I, I, I moved into, uh, through uh, my career, I ended up in a, in an uh, entertainment uh, electronics company, being the R&D manager, I taught myself software development in the mid-'80s. That became a very powerful tool and I went through a few. I've actually had five companies before WiseTech, all of them moderately successful, but I realised that I kept on changing before the, the Big Bang happened. And so in, with WiseTech, I decided to do it and to keep doing it and you know, make it the forever job which, of course, started in 94. I actually started programming the original system for WiseTech in 1992. Wow. We started selling it in 93 and we decided to incorporate the business and, and really go hard in, in October 1994. There was a second version that came out in 2004. A third version came out in, uh, in 2014. And by then, we'd really captured the global capabilities that were needed to have a really global business. And now we've got offices in 30-plus countries. Um, we have the 3,000 plus staff. And we're very, very efficient internally. But we have been profitable every single year since our inception. We have never had a loss making year.
0: Wow. Like so impressive. And I'm, I'm so glad that you shared with us that journey. I mean, you started off as a musician and now you have a company that is global and such a force within the industry and making such an impact. And it just goes to show what that journey can look like and how you can actually build, you know, build every single year and make changes and pivot with the times and the industry and where people are, Um, seeing the industry go. So I also want to talk about your credo because I'm sure that has been key to your long-term success, right? You say, our culture is not by accident. Our creativity is by design. Our people define us. And these are the kinds of statements I might expect to hear from a marketing or creative agency, not necessarily a supply chain tech brand. Where did that culture first perspective come from? Why, you know, why in a climate where We're increasingly discussing empathy in the workplace. Is that culture so important to you? And do you think you were kind of ahead of the curve with this mentality in supply chain?
1: Well, there's a lot of questions in there. I know. (laughs) Um, Look, I think you start from this idea that that I have a, a very strong creative heart. I have a lot of people around me that are also very creative. Software engineers are very creative by design. To be good, you have to be quite creative and solve problems. Mm -hmm. That problem-solving idea, that that artistic background, led me to realise that culture is very fundamental. If you don't have strong culture, all the other talk about strategy and tactics and execution just goes nowhere. Mm -hmm. If you embed the idea that culture drives everything, and culture means something to you, and it's an important factor in things. First of all, it's incredibly attractive for people who want to come and work for the company, and it's also very motivating internally. And it creates a very clear uh, reason for doing the things we're doing. It's effectively, it's a real key core document. It's 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 above strategy, in fact. Now that. That doc I wrote that document, but I spent a lot of time talking to all sorts of people across the company, and, and and focused on individual sentences and tried to make them deep and meaningful and powerful. So when you read it, some of those things were just outcroppings of our passion and outcroppings of our drive. It has been a foundational document, and that when we released that, we we were everybody around the, the company and many people outside. Saw a very big shift in our in our ability to focus and our ability to know what our purpose was. And that's a great that's a great result. Those uh, cr- that credo and the mantras that go with it, and, they, and the mantras themselves have been in, increased and, and, and tweaked and, and, and added to over time, are very powerful force multipliers for the company. Hmm. So, from my perspective, they help with recruitment, they help with attraction, they help with. Uh, retention of the custom companies. They give purpose to our people and they actually define who, what we are and how we go about things. Hmm.
0: That's mesmerizing. I love how you sum that up and the passion behind what you're talking about and you know, the passion behind why this is so important to you. So being in the industry for so long, do you think you've been kind of ahead of the curve with this mentality and supply chain? I would say so. <coughs>
1: So, uh, so the interesting thing is that the only place you can benchmark yourself properly is against yourself. Okay. Trying to be ahead of a curve when you when you can't really measure that curve like we we had the probably the first SAS model in the world mm-hmm. I released that in very early 2000 like before I knew what SAS was. I didn't think of what other people <laughs> were doing. I was solving a fundamental problem that actually uh, we changed our model from the old sort of licensing that most software companies had back then, which was big one-time license and then maintenance right. every year, to no money up front and pay for what you use only. And that went into, that. we were going to the global financial crisis, which happened later in 2008, and every capital budget was just smashed completely. Mm-hmm. Yet we grew 3% a month from 2008 through to 2011. It was extraordinarily positive wow. because we invented something And I didn't, I don't think people copied us, and I didn't copy anybody else, but we, it is convergent evolution that we ended up as a SaaS company because it solved a correct problem.
0: Hmm. Amazing. And so, You know, WiseTech, your businesses span the length and breadth of the industry. So can you give us a snapshot of the supply chain landscape right now? You spoke about the financial crisis, but obviously we are post-pandemic, right? Um, What are some of the challenges? What are you hearing from your customers? What are they kind of asking you when they're navigating this post-pandemic new normal?
1: Well, first first of all, during the pandemic, everything was very distorted. Mm-hmm. um we uh this is probably not sort of visible from the US but we were the first australian listed company to to say clearly to the market there is a really serious problem going on in china and we're all going to be affected now i <laughs> our share price was smashed that day because everybody thought you know this is all bullshit right. and it's not really happening and you know <laughs> what's this stuff you know but within a month, you know, we'd been vindicated and we were able to very quickly adapt the company and to understand what was going on. We went, we went completely globally, we went to work from home in uh, in some, some offices late March and uh, most other offices very early April because as a technology company, we had the ability to do that. We had the right infrastructure to do that. We were always uh, allowed people to be flexible. But we also had... Our core product, Kagawise one you may be interested to know, we actually run the business on that product. And we have wow. some modules that flight forwarders don't have, like we have a licensing module. But we have our productivity suite, which is called PAVE, Productivity Acceleration and Visualization Engine. That permeates every part and every level of the company. And I can see uh, work items, projects, and tasks running across the whole business. I don't look at it all the time, of course, because other people do that with me. <laughs> but... Everybody has their work visualised in PAVE and in the workflow engine where there, where there are automations and processes that we can create. You know, a global company in, in 30 locations will still be quite unitary in the way we approach things. Wow. And so that was very – that powerfully proved that the company could be different in shape and, and its uh, demeanour during COVID. That was – for us, it was our, – our actual productivity went up during COVID, not down. Hmm. And our customers also had to do the same thing. Many of our very large customers had to force their staff to work from home, and uh, CargoWise did that impeccably. So this was a very powerful thing. And then, of course, the supply chain choked up in COVID because of the nature of things, and you know, shipping prices went through the roof, and margins expanded very significantly. So, And we had... Lots of companies coming us to, uh, coming to us and saying we need your product because our old legacy systems don't work in this environment, and we we made a lot of uh, fantastic new customers during that time, and we're still still seeing you know very good results from that. We've still got lots and lots of customers that are still rolling out across the world from sort of tail end of COVID. So. One of the strange things is we don't see the economy like other people do because our growth rate is so high,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I can't get a read on how the supply chain is going through looking through our software because we are a significant uh, growth inside that supply chain. So, a lot of people are saying that uh, I don't think volumes have come down significantly, but they have come down a bit, yeah. but what has actually come down massively at margins. and. People, uh, interestingly, when when there are big problems and there are uh, there are big margins, people look at software one sort of way, and we have a particular style and we go to market with that approach to help the customers with that. But when things are getting tough and margins are restricted, and people need to save money, cargo-wise also really hunts well. So that's powerfully now we're seeing companies that perhaps didn't worry about their automation and their processes during COVID because they were making plenty of money are now converting to cargo ones because the margins are being constrained and they need to look at how to be operationally efficient rather than executionally capable. So that, I think the interesting thing is it's a very adaptable environment. Now, as I said, we can't really see a lot of that because when, when people say, what's your volume's like, our volumes are, you know, quite high. And that's because we've been growing into an industry which is I mean, it's very, very large and we've still got a long way to grow into that industry.
0: Right. Okay, it helps. Well, and it's just impressive in how, you know, CargoWise made a difference during the pandemic, and it's still continuing to to make a difference no matter what the economy is doing and how things are shifting in the industry. And that just goes to show, you know, the business model that you've created and what you've created at WiseTech and obviously with the platform. So let's talk about the platform. What is CargoWise and what can customers do with it? I know there are are a wealth of solutions within it that we could talk about all day. But give us a bit of an overview and then we'll dive deeper into a few different things.
1: So KakaWise is an execution engine that covers the front and back office operations of a logistics provider. Now, uh, we'll we'll talk about CargoWise Neo as a sort of a, as a, another part of this because that's a, a coming product as well. But CargoWise 1 is aimed at logistics execution and it's typically used by large freight forwarders, large logistics companies and service providers generally in the industry. We have a very strong focus on global freight forwarding because it's where we grew up and customs that sits beside that is also where we grew up. Right. Um, There are some really important conceptual differences between CargoWise and its predecessors and and its and other, other companies that sit alongside us. We have a single global database, a single global platform that when a. Um, I remember I talked about the fact that it's a network effect issue. So when a uh, freight forwarder puts every office on CargoWise One, which sometimes takes a few years, sometimes can happen very quickly, depends on their appetite for speed and, 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 uh, and pain. <laughs> but uh, you get this sort of force multiplier that comes in where everybody can see everything if they need to, and but, but they can still work very locally within their business as well. Hmm. That global data set means that you don't rekey and export into the import country. It means that the exporter can see the importer's processes for statuses and visibility, and vice versa, the importer can see the exporter's status. Uh, the, the underlying the system has extensive configuration capabilities. It's a standard product. Uh, we build capabilities for the industry. We we do listen to customers and add things for customers, but we always genericize them and make them available for everybody. Hmm. It has very powerful workflow. has real-time visibility across the system. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about visibility. We should yes. come to that later on. Uh, but our visibility is quite different in that it's connected to automation and execution. We have very streamlined processes in there. We have deep data capture. Uh, There is no rekeying of data. Once it goes in, that data is reused across the system, so it's only entered data once. Uh, All of these things are powerfully supported by a full education system, so our customers can actually become their staff can become certified in cargowise up to a very high level of capability mm-hmm. and that becomes you know a, a, a matter of a professional pride and professional value for those people that certify so and that platform is called the wise tech academy and all of the training including a lot of industry training about dangerous goods and container packing and many other things is is provided to our customers as a huge benefit to add efficiency to cargowise so the the, the platform is there and of course we have Uh, more than 400 partners that help customers implement and optimize and uh, make highly efficient the CargoWise platform as it's implemented.
0: Well, and as you're talking about this, I wish I had that when I was working in freight forwarding because the amount of times I had to re-key in information, you know, over and over and over again, you know, just drives you crazy. So that's one of the benefits of using CargoWise as a customer. Do you have any examples or stats you can share of a brand that maybe successfully utilize, utilize the platform?
1: I think all of our large customers have had significant productivity and uh, efficiency and uh, risk mitigations that have come about because of CargoWise, but you can see this in the accounts and and the successes of our very large customers. I I would use DHL and DSV as really good examples of successful implementations that, that in the early days took a long time but now are producing fantastic results. You know, DHL dramatically reduced their information systems uh, costs uh, over the three years that they implemented cargowise one they reduced their is costs by something like 200 million euros a year and that's wow. because they took out hundreds of systems and replaced them all with one cargowise inst- instance
2: hmm.
1: um, and they've always they've always been a you know a strong forwarder but they've made their business much more efficient because of that on the DSV side, uh, you can see that they've been able to grow their company dramatically since the implementation of CargoWise, which started really in about two thousand and nine, is my recollection. It was, was an early implementation, mm-hmm. uh, and these days they've acquired uh, a number of other large freight forwarders and integrated them into into CargoWise one very rapidly, and that's been an enormous. Uh, uh, capability that they've had, they, their ability to acquire and grow and mm-hmm. make a unified system out of the out of the acquisitions very quickly has been the reason they've been able to afford those acquisitions and to grow. They're, they're, they're number like three or four in the world now.
0: That is a huge bonus. I was just recently at a conference and we were talking about mergers and acquisitions and how how long it can take if you're all on different systems and coming into one system, one platform, and to know that the CargoWise system enables companies to grow quickly through mergers and acquisitions is a really huge benefit.
1: Well, there's a couple of things to that too because when you think about how it used to be and how it is now with CargoWise Mm -hmm. One, it's a very different landscape. Um, all of those acquisitions that, that DSC did were less than a year from end to end. Um, wow. Carsten Troll, who is really, you know, incredibly good, he's the uh, CEO of the uh, Air and Sea Division, is very good at this thing. He's a, he's a creative thinker. He drives the business really hard and he uses the tools that CargoWise has given him to make that business much bigger and better. Mm-hmm. Um, he did UTI, UTI. UTI, I think, took 10 months. Uh, wow. And the other businesses took less than a year. So, and and I think in in a lot of cases, the approvals to get the acquisitions done took longer than the right. acquisitions <laughs> integrations, right? <laughs> so that's a very powerful uh, thing. And you can see that that tool is also of the age because today, mm-hmm. the capabilities that are needed to run global logistics and have the supply chain function efficiently, it needs these very large footprints with deep capabilities in many countries that's the nature of things the the risks in the supply chain are also quite great and you've got to spend a lot of time focusing on are you actually allowed to export this particular commodity are you allowed to sell it to that country are you allowed to move Mm -hmm. goods through a particular country there's there's a lot of risks for freight forwarders as well and we're doing a lot of uh, work in this area to make it safer for both the beneficial cargo owners the sellers and the buyers of the of the goods and the freight forwarders who have to act as their agents and partners in that process, and so the the thing I really love about all of this, and particularly at this scale, is that there's there's a lot of problems that can be solved, and mm-hmm. we're just getting about making things much better. Even the very first things I did, uh, and you mentioned it, the fragmentation, the fact that we had the rekey multiple times, yeah. I actually worked for a couple of freight forwarders. Uh, as a consultant writing software, that when I saw that that there was all these fragmented systems, that's what made me think of WiseTech and, and the CargoWise product. That solved a problem. CargoWise was always going to be a single system with a global view.
0: Great, I love that. And you mentioned the CargoWise Partner Program. What does that actually mean? I think it it has you know like I talk about collaboration being the future of business, and so I think we're thinking along similar lines when it comes to the CargoWise Partner Program. How does that help other businesses level up?
1: So we talked about the the change in the business when we became uh, effectively a SaaS company. I didn't know the word SaaS when we when we right. made our model. <laughs> But that model, that model grew incredibly rapidly from 2008 to 2011. By 2011, even as a very small company, I had 27 staff who did nothing but fly around the world and train people. And wow. I realized that that wasn't scaling. I had 100 orders, 100 right. implementations that were backlogged, and they were getting longer. They were getting shorter. And it would take us six months at least to put a consultant on to do the training. And it was not a highly profitable business and most of my staff were away from home three or four four weeks every month. Mm-hmm. So it felt, for, it felt bad for a number of reasons. And I realised that we'd had lots of staff that were working in customers that had gone out on their own and started to consult. They'd done the implementations, <laughs> they'd finished the implementations, they were working.
2: Right. So uh,
1: Gene Gander, who you mentioned before, and I, and uh, another executive called Vlad, uh, Vlad Bilonovsky, we found about 12 people around the world that were actually doing what our consultants were doing. Hmm. I pulled a small number of, I think I pulled three of my 27 consultants out. My training manager had a meltdown because I was slowing down a process, it was already going slow. <laughs> and I said, we're not going to do this anymore. Within six months, we'll be completely digital. We'll have a partner program and we'll have all the education done as a a system. And we worked on that very rapidly. This is Mm -hmm. 2011, 2012. By the end of 2012, we cleared the entire backlog. I didn't Mm -hmm. have any consultants anymore because you can't really have consultants in the business who compete with your partners outside. So you've got to give the whole thing to be a partner program. Mm -hmm. And we had, I don't know, might have been 30 or 40 partners by that stage. The company was a lot smaller. And we've grown that partner program. We've given the same education system that creates a CargoWise certified professional, which is a certification you get on the Wise Tech Academy, mm-hmm. learning about how to use CargoWise and configure it and optimise it. We give that same educational platform to the partners. Uh, we give them a lot of support internally. We never charge the partners any money and we never mm-hmm. take commissions from the partners. We allow them to be free agents to, to promote the use and efficiencies that CargoWise do, and they earn their money by being a part of our ecosystem. So they're the customers of ours, the partners of ours, ourselves, obviously our staff and the industry. It's kind of a very mutually beneficial ecosystem, and that's why we've got 400 partners. It's a powerful system.
0: That is very powerful. And I've seen that being done in other industries as well. And it's interesting to see how those kind of programs can transcend through industries, right? I've seen it in the marketing industry um, and other places like that. And with 400 partners, I mean, that just goes to show the success and really what people are looking for when we're talking about collaboration, when we're talking about partnership and what that could actually look like. So I appreciate you for sharing that. So. Earlier, you mentioned visibility, and I'm glad you didn't dive too deep into that because I do want to bring that into the conversation right now. I mean, it's a trending topic. Everybody is talking about visibility, and I think we're having more meaningful conversations, but we're realizing that visibility means different things to different people. And it can look very different depending on the environment. So what does visibility mean to you and your customers, right? Like how is real-time data visibility facilitating the resiliency, the collaboration, and efficiency that everybody is looking for?
1: It's a great question, and it's a very deep <laughs> subject, and it's probably <laughs> badly understood by most people.
0: Yes,
1: in my view, visibility is a very thin layer and not particularly productive or capable by itself. Uh, the only benefit for visibility is that it is, it is a, if it is able to be used to solve the problems in the supply chain, particularly around the port communities, the landside logistics, as we call it then it has enormous value. Uh, I I think I'll stay away from domestic visibility for now just because it's an area that we're not deeply into. One day maybe, but we're focused on what we're doing and doing the best we can possibly do in the areas where we've got significant capability. Visibility is only valuable if it solves a problem. And so Mm. having visibility itself is actually quite meaningless unless you can use it in a very effective way to create tactics and execution. Mm-hmm. And uh what we've done is we've thought of visibility as the input to a different to a to an execution engine, an automation engine, and an alert and an exception engine. And so our entire process, our entire idea around this is that yes, visibility is an important input, but the output is more efficiency. Uh, Reducing, you know, wharf storage, reducing truck wait times, reducing per diem slash detentions. Some people call it per diems for container returns, something called det- detention, mm. and making it possible to plan ahead of time and verify the plan is going ahead of, uh, uh, on, on plan and throw up exceptions if it's not. If you have visibility, all those actual automations and actions and, uh, and workarounds become very, very meaningful just giving someone visibility doesn't mean all that much unless they put a lot of, if they don't have CargoWise 1 or, you know, as we're going to talk about CargoWise Neo, they just sit there and go, well, now I've got visibility, now I can see it's all bad.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
1: all. So the, the issue isn't seeing it's all bad. The issue is how do you fix it in a yeah. way which is efficient, automated, and you can call out exception because you think about you're moving, you know, hundreds of thousands of containers and someone's got to look at that and figure out what's going on right and what's going wrong. Yeah. A system that should sit above visibility or, and throughout the system takes all of the capabilities and alerts people only when they need to be alerted and drives the automations when those automations are easy to do and mm-hmm. only brings people in when there is a problem to solve or an opportunity to be taken advantage of.
0: Yeah, so the, it really drives the actions that you're going to take, right? from the data that you're going to get from the visibility that you're able to see. But you really need to understand what that means for you and what you're looking for before you can actually take action on it.
1: True, but if you take a particular scope, uh, and I think this is in import and export terminals and the and the actions that happen around terminals, the truck movements and the rail movements, that we're obviously very deeply invested in this space and we're pushing very hard into this space to make it better, mm-hmm. then visibility means the opportunity to automate a lot of functions which are currently very manual.
2: Mm-hmm. It
1: also means the ability to detect when something is going to happen before it happens, and it also means to detect the, the ability to mitigate for problems as you can See what that has. See that the, that action has occurred incorrectly or wrongly, or at the wrong time, or there's some other problem, and you can blend it into an execution engine that makes it very valuable. That removes a lot of cost mm-hmm. and risk at the same time, making the the supply chain much more efficient. And that's the real meta solution: is always solving the problem, not yeah. just having some extra extra data in a world where we're so overpowered with information, extra data isn't really a help. What's a help is using the data automatically to give you the keys to opportunities and the keys to problems before they become problems or or, uh, before you lose the opportunity.
0: Spoken like a true supply chain professional, right? We're all problem solvers. We're looking for a way to mitigate that risk provide that value. And I really like the way you've been able to show us how visibility can be the key to that. Now, earlier on in this conversation, we talked about mergers and acquisitions for your clients. But WiseTech has seen incredible growth through a tactical acquisition strategy. So talk to us about your approach to growth and how these acquisitions are creating this ecosystem that is just serving the entire industry. What have you been doing what does that look like talk us through the journey
1: so it's a long journey and a lot of it's invisible to people now because it happened a long time ago but i did my first acquisition in 1994 and yes. my second one as well uh my first one i screwed it up really badly but it was pretty <laughs> small and it served as a very good example of what not to do so i learned a lot from making mistakes and actually everybody does learn by making mistakes it's mm-hmm. the nature of the human experience right yeah um we acquired a number of companies through uh, the 90s a number of companies through the 2000s and by the time we got to pre-ipo which we started planning for in about 2014 after the release of cargo was one i knew that we had a tool that we could use to amplify and accelerate the company but you have to use that tool very wisely and in a very particular way we we have not gone about it, it looks a bit crazy if you look at it outside, because we've done more than 45 acquisitions in the last six years, and people go, how the hell do you do that? Right. But actually, it's a system. Um, I have an M&A team, which is extremely talented and very invested in the company. They're all shareholders, and they all understand the business and the value. Um, I, as a very big shareholder, care greatly about what we do and what we don't do. It's important right. to know what not to do as well as not what to do. and. You build an integration engine just like you do with software. You build an integration engine with the culture of these companies and the people and the knowledge that they retain. Now, if you think about software company, a lot of what a software company does, particularly a product-led software company, there's a there's a core culture which is pretty similar for every one of the acquisitions, okay? There's some leadership differences. There's some cultural differences. But there's, there's a constant in there which is reasonably easy to, to find and expect. Separately, because it's logistics, there's even more correlation between the acquisition and your business. So, the, the way people think, the problems they're trying to solve, mm-hmm. the way customers interact with them and the industry they're in, that means that the correlation between an acquisition and what you're doing can be thought of as quite quite high, maybe 80 to 90% correlation. Then we have this idea internally, which is deeply embedded in the com- company called the WiseTech Way. It's a way to take standard cultures and turns them into superpowers. It teaches oh. people. Uh, we have this course called a black belt in thinking, which is based around uh, theory of constraints, thinking processes. We have you know deep training capabilities about how you develop software products in WiseTech, and it's different. I did my master's degree in 2000 to 2002, and I wrote my thesis, which is quite a big uh, study, into agile development. And because I was a software developer and a product person and an entrepreneur, that thesis has formed uh, the basis of that underlying culture. Mm -hmm. Uh, All of that sort of clipped together quite well and made a really powerful execution engine that can take companies in and turn them into a larger ecosystem for us and for our customers. But there's another layer to it because – if you're trying to be global and you're dealing with local capabilities in each country, and, and there is a lot of it, you know that there are yeah. local laws, customs laws, and mm-hmm. other other requirements in every single country. Yep. These countries don't all speak English. There are French or Italian or German or Dutch or um uh Spanish or you name it. There's there's we we actually currently uh ship in I think 37 languages now, and we have wow. staff in many languages. We have We have a China custom system. We have a Taiwanese custom system. We have custom Mm -hmm. systems in France, Italy, Spain, Germany. We're building Netherlands. We're building the Nordics. You need people who speak the languages, who know the local customs, who are able to deal with government and understand all the technology. Mm -hmm. So these acquisitions are absolutely required to build a global business. And they're very complex and sometimes painful to do. But the only way forward is to have those smart people on the ground.
0: I love that. And you bring them into the fold. So you take what you um, really live and breathe from a culture standpoint and you bring them into that. Now, you've recently acquired Bloom and Invase. So talk to us about those acquisitions and how you see those elevating what you're currently doing with WiseTech.
1: So if you think about it, we're coming from the center of of our skill set, the global freight forwarding. We've been working very hard on customs, and many of those acquisitions are footholds into those customs countries. Mm-hmm. And the next step out, of course, is the land side piece for exports and imports. Right. And we've got uh, a number of investments in that place. We have Container Chain. We have components in Cargo Wise One that do that. We have Trinium in the US, and <coughs> we might, we wanted to make a a, a very substantial and very deep move into landside logistics. And the the biggest market in the world for landside logistics, actually with some of the worst problems and some of the most ingrained difficulties, Mm -hmm. is the U.S. Mm -hmm. So both Bloom and Envasay add substantially. Bloom gives us that rail capability and a lot of other capabilities. It's a very smart, very product-led company as well. Mm -hmm. The vendor is a product visionary himself. So I work yes. very well with those sort of people yep. and we've got you know Nver who have, have grabbed a number of TMS companies and made that part of the the road part of that very, very powerful and you know Larry is really working hard on helping us amplify that M a strategy as well. So this actually sort of plugs into the strategy but it sits us right at the core of the problem in uh, LA and Long Beach and in more generally in the, in the port communities and the landside logistics around the U.S. The great thing about it is it's a very, very big ecosystem with a lot of complex problems that nobody seems to be solving other than in micro levels. Right. And we want to solve the problems at a very large level at a huge scale and make it much more efficient to move containers in and out of the terminals, to get them to the owners, to get them from the exporters And to make that into something that visibility plus execution plus optimization makes very powerful.
0: Yeah, and I've spoken to both Larry and Pravinder. And speaking to you today, I can really see the dynamic of bringing the three of you together. And that is really exciting around the impact for the industry. So very excited to see what's to come. So that brings me to my last question. What does the future hold for WiseTech? Can you give us some, you know, inside scoop?
1: <laughs> well, I, I can do this. I can say this. First of all, we are on a mission to be the operating system for global logistics, and that is not a small mission. Right. It's really big. And it's not going to be all things to all people immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, just like we've talked about with Landside Logistics, we're taking very deliberate, very substantial steps. Uh, we build deeply into the industry with product-led uh, software development and problem-solving. And I can tell you that what we're doing has been, of course, it's been very successful. We've actually grown, as in terms of market cap, about 25 times just a bit over the last seven years. Wow. And my vision for the company is to keep that extraordinary growth, that problem-solving mentality, right. that pro- product-led uh, you know, uh, vision and the capability to solve the really deep problems in the mm-hmm. industry so i would say as a sort of a final thought that our scale our reach and our capability has gotten to the point now where we can actually confront really big problems and deal with them mind you many of these problems people think of as the way the world is and they don't see them as problems until you offer an actual solution so mm-hmm. there'll be some surprises in the future i'm sure if you if you lead me to do this, I'm certainly going to create more and more surprises because that's kind of fun, right? <laughs> and I really, really think that you know we've got a fantastic team. We're passionate, passionate people. Mm-hmm. Pretty much across the company, there's an enormous number of staff who are shareholders in the business. We give equity as part of the packaging, and we do it very sensibly. And and of course, because the company's grown so much, I have extraordinarily motivated, very you know, very capable people that's, that are very sticky in the company. Um, I'm looking forward to working hard to solve the world's logistics problems and to do more in that space. And, of course, we've got an upcoming release of NEO coming relatively soon. I'll keep that as a surprise as exactly when. It might not be today or tomorrow or next month, but it'll come and it'll it'll have some some new things in it that are really very valuable for the industry. And and we've been cooking that for a while and people keep asking us, when's it coming? So I'm not going to tell you, but I I have a surprise to, to come.
0: Well, I tried, everybody. I tried. Well, I'm very excited to see what is coming next for you. And 2023, once again, has brought another turbulent year supply chain. But increasingly, we're coming to realize the power of people and how a unified supply chain can help us all weather the storm. And WiseTech is a driving force behind that principle. They strive every day to develop products that empower success. They value transparency, culture, teamwork, and creativity. And they continuously invest in building technology that is scalable and sustainable for the long term. And that is truly what supply chain needs. If you want to find out more, you can check them out at wisetechglobal.com. And did you have a guess at today's big question? Well, at the top of the show, I asked you, how many countries are licensed to use the software developed by today's guest? Well, it's a massive 173. 173 countries across the globe are using Wisetech software, and that's what I call a broad market. Keep listening for more questions, keep engaging and reaching out on social media, and we may have some very special special prizes to give away. Thank you so much to Richard. Thank you for the team at Wise Tech for making this happen. Richard, it's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much.
0: Did you know that the average cost of losing an hourly supply chain worker has reached $19,607? And that recent research shows that 77% of hourly supply chain workers are considering a job change in the next three months. This could have a huge impact on your productivity bottom line and culture. Workstep is helping supply chain companies to better engage their distributed hourly workforce at scale. Understand the true reasons behind their workforce turnover and take actions to make positive changes and reduce attrition. Workstep has successfully helped many companies reduce their frontline worker turnover by up to 36%. Visit workstep.com to learn more. So, did you have a guess at today's big question? At the top of the show, I asked you, how many countries are licensed to use the software developed by today's guest? Well, it's a massive 173. 173 countries across the globe are using WiseTech software. That's what I call a broad market. Keep listening for more questions, keep engaging and reaching out on social media, and we may have some very special prizes to give away. If you'd like to hear more from us, we have plenty more content for you featuring the best and brightest in the industry. Head over to Let's Talk Supply Chain.com and use the search function. Put in your keyword and all of our content will come up. And we've most likely had the solution to your supply chain challenge on the show. So definitely go and check it out because you can learn all about them before you get into their sales funnel. And remember to come back next week when I'll be joined by Saritha Willingham for July's episode of our Woman in Supply Chain series. Saritha is the founder and CEO of SJW Logistics, and she is going to tell us all about her career journey, her experience as a Black female founder, what she learned from seven years at Coca-Cola, and she's going to share the secret of her success. I cannot wait to find out what it is. So tune in next week. And if you if you enjoy the show, you can support the show in a variety of ways. You can follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. We're also over on TikTok. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Let's Talk Supply Chain, and subscribe to our newsletter over at letstalksupplychain.com. You can also find some really cool merch over on letstalksupplychain.com forward slash shop. And remember, we are just about to launch our brand new membership community called the Secret Society of Supply Chain. We have hundreds of you who have already filled out the quiz and joined our wait list. And we only have limited spots. Plus, we have some really, really cool giveaways. So make sure you head over to letstalksupplychain.com, click on the banner for Secret Society of Supply Chain, take the quiz, enter the wait list, and you'll be one of the first people to know and be given the opportunity to sign up. And remember, if you'd like to be featured on an upcoming episode, head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. Great week everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.